0: Hi, and welcome to the Hamilton Wealth Partners podcast number 64 from our Investor Insight 105. And happy new year! This is January 2022, whilst for uh, doing this podcast. Every January, we talk about the year ahead, and that's where we publish our views on how we're positioning portfolios going forward. So last month, we published the Hamilton Wealth Partners Investor Insight 104, the year that was, and we reflected on what shaped 2021. And whilst we're looking for equity markets to be strong, their overall strength did surprise us. So this month, as I just mentioned, we publish our outlook and how we position things going forward. At the start of 2021, we believe the key theme would be the year where we would see the world back bounce back economically from the global pandemic. It, provi- it definitely proved to be the case, and we saw surging GDP, and that underpinned equity markets in particular. To put this GDP growth in perspective, the IMF measured contraction during 2020 of negative 4.9% and they're projecting growth in 2021 at 6%. And as we go forward into 2022 at 4.9%, and that's above trend. And I think that's important to just remember that. We also think 2022 though, will be the year where investment portfolios will see the benefits of asset allocation and diversification. When we look back, At the end of 2022, we believe investors will be pleased. They've they've been exposed to risk-based assets, but we also think it's going to be a pretty bumpy ride. There's a debate being held as to whether equity markets are overvalued and therefore the next correction being around the corner. Or are we once again into the roaring 20s with plenty of upside still to come? Our view is probably somewhere in the middle. As we head into 2022, we're overweight risk-based assets. However, this overweight position has been wound back to a more neutral um, over the last 12 months. There's some hurdles out there. There's no doubt about it. Inflation is being discussed a lot. Um, Will it be systemic, mild, manageable? But if wage price inflation um, does, yeah, that's what, what it'll be. If it doesn't take hold, if it does take hold, that will be a different matter. Interest rates, they'll probably trend higher but again at a manageable level and well below trend on a long-term basis. Therefore, we're in this continuing this lower for longer theme. So inflation and interest rate expectations, they've got to be watched and watched really carefully, as they will indicate if we're going to see rougher water ahead. At the same time, the headline watchers will be taking risk off the table, the slightest move, which is why we're going to expect this volatility and this, this bumpy ride. There's also a lot of cash on the sidelines, um, looking for home. This Tina, there is no alternative, is real. There's, you know, JP Morgan have said 2.7 trillion of dry powder on the sidelines for private equity and venture capital loan. Asset price appreciation and strong economic activity—they're going to ensure that this cash is going to find its way to risk-based assets, especially, especially those that are liquid. And I think that's going to be a big theme as well. But this isn't a fundamental reason to support equities. So heuristic investment systems, who are our asset allocation consultant, uh, they look at eight criteria to assess equity drawdown risk. And at this stage, only one suggests a heightened risk of drawdown, namely valuation. So the eight criteria they look at are the US yield curve, the US unemployment rate, the US merger and acquisition transactions value as a ratio of US nominal GDP, the US real GDP output gap, the gap between the real Fed funds rate and the US neutral Fed funds, valuations, which I mentioned is some interest, the one which is elevated, US real wages growth and change in the US Fed funds rate. So based on fundamentals, equities are therefore fully priced but not overstretched. The challenge when we look at asset allocation now is whether we've reached the peak in markets yet um, look, there's, we don't think so, but there's a degree of complacency definitely crept in, and our key message is going to be be prepared for volatility. I'm going to hand over to John Green, who's going to talk about fixed income and currency.
1: Thanks, Will. Um, well, 2021 was a pretty bumpy year for fixed income, and 2022 is likely to be the same. Um, we're entering 2022 underweight, both domestic and international fixed income exposure, but neutral towards investment-grade credit and uh, credit overall. We'll definitely see central banks tightening next year. All central banks except China have signalled that there will be higher rates to come next year. The timing and size of these rate rises will differ between countries and the markets will continue to second-guess central bank moves. Capital economics notes that the pace of tightening will likely be slower than markets currently anticipate, although not in the US. Volatility is assured. Yield curves have flattened towards year end as the market has priced in higher short-term interest rates, but the market may well have priced in a faster pace of tightening than is warranted, particularly if growth stalls due to the spread of COVID variants. While nominal inflation will fall, core inflation will remain stubbornly high. 10-year US Treasury bonds are ending 2021 at around 1.4% and 10-year Australian Treasury bonds are ending 2021 at around 1.6%. These rates appear too low given the outlook for next year and expect to see these yields at or above 2% in 2022. There'll be great opportunities for fixed-income traders, but for long-term investors, caution is warranted in the fixed-income market. It won't provide the defensive characteristics that many investors are going to expect. Floating rate bonds and or short duration fixed rate bonds will continue to be preferred. Uh, with respect to currency our listeners and readers will um, know that we're never comfortable forecasting a level for the Aussie dollar as no one calls it correctly but we are prepared to give a direction. While it trended lower during the second half of this year having peaked at 80 cents earlier in the year Um, We do see the Aussie trending higher during 2022. We're closing 2021 to around $0.71 and fair value is somewhere around about um, 72 $0.73. We do think commodity prices will remain firm through 2022 and this will provide support, notwithstanding that short-term interest rate differentials may favour the US dollar as they raise interest rates sooner and faster than Australia. We've been 50% hedged for all client global equity allocations for the last year or two, and will remain that way next year. Uh, Kane, equities.
2: Um, yes, John, equities. So we, uh, we continue to advocate equities over fixed income when it comes to considering the potential returns available from investing across asset classes. Uh, earnings will improve over 2022, although similar to what Will mentioned with respect to growth, it'll be at a slower rate than what we experienced in 2021. So the easy gains out of COVID, they're well and truly behind us. Domestically, we see a dividend yield less the bond rate of just under 2% before franking, uh, franking credits, so that is. The, these numbers are historically in line and illustrate why the share market is seen. As a destination for yield equities also offer liquidity which is an important consideration within portfolio construction likewise in the u.s market where again these figures are not elevated we see an equity risk premium of about five and a half percent and a dividend yield less the bond rate of roughly zero percent however the u.s is a low dividend market with only about 65 percent of companies in the s p 500 offering a dividend yield, which is in excess of the 10-year Treasury bond rate. Um, Market composition is key. So in Australia, we have an index where financials and materials are overrepresented, and technology is underrepresented, just to name three sectors. Um, And also another point, the ASX 200, it simply doesn't reflect or represent our economy. So um, companies such as CSL, Macquarie Bank, James Hardy, Mainframe, just to name a few, these derive Um, much if not all of their income uh, internationally. So in other words, they're more than just domestic companies. So we enter 2022 with a marginal, positive or overweight position within developed market equities. And we're favoring those developed markets outside of the US. And this is predicated on the back of stronger earnings revisions out of Europe. Australia remains neutral, as does emerging market equities. So the biggest risk we see to this view is a policy mistake from the US Federal Reserve, that being a scenario where they um, end up being behind the curve and and are required to tighten more aggressively than anticipated because of higher inflation at a time when the US economy is already slowing. It's not our base case scenario, but it's a risk factor we're watching closely. I'll also just quickly touch on property. So we maintain a moderate positive or overweight property allocation, which includes REITs as we enter 2022. So our conviction increased late in 2021 on the grounds, similar grounds to that of equities with REIT yields being more attractive in relative terms to real yields on offer through bonds or credit. This overweight position has been expressed primarily through domestic REITs due to their highly liquid nature. We've struggled to see value in direct deals of late um, after actively participating in several deals in late 2020 and early 2021. At a sub-asset class level, we've reduced our allocation to industrial assets. Um, This came following a quick realization of, of one asset in particular on the back of booming industrial valuations. We've also made uh, allocations where it's appropriate for clients to new sectors such as build to rent. Um, entry levels for property acquisitions during 2022 is going to be key to realising value in years that follow. And although we hold an overweight or positive view to property uh, for 2022, we remain squarely focused on ensuring we pay the right price for long-term direct property. So I'll hand back to you, Will, to um, touch on
0: alternative assets. Thank you, Kane, and thank you, John. Look. Alternative assets, this is uh, an asset class or a series of asset classes, really. We've increased our focus on over the last few years. So allocations, um, they've been selectively increased over the last 12 months. Um, We'll do so again in 2022 for those portfolios only, um, where allocations are yet to be at a satisfactory level. And we are sort of seeing some runoff as well. So we need to be looking at those um, assets which are in the harvest. We need to ensure sequen- sequencing risk is also reduced. So what we do is we provide a spread of vintages during portfolio construction. So, you know this can take many years to actually roll out. We've all got, also got several investments, as I just mentioned, in the harvest stage. Um, so we, that's why we'll, we'll selectively look at new opportunities. We need to also ensure that risk within the asset class is managed. So we ensure diversification within sub-asset classes as well. So we look at both assets, um, so, we spread amongst assets and also that, those vintages that I mentioned just before. We believe our portfolios will continue to see strong returns, though, from this part of the market in 2022. Um, assets will continue to see positive revaluations, re- re- and that's the key thing. Alternative assets have definitely reduced volatility um, and enhanced returns over both 2020 and 2021. And we're really encouraged with what lies ahead in, in a lot of these um, asset classes uh, in 2022. There's a clear benefit in looking at diversification, including private assets in the area of property, diversified credit, private equity and infrastructure, where this meets a client's risk profile, and I think that's really crucial. We've attempted to maximise alternative strategies in client portfolios, and this has been a strong emphasis since mid 2018. Illiquidity can be an issue for some of these strategies, but provided the weighting is suitably conservative and in line with the client's risk profile and appetite, It will provide clients with attractive returns, which are uncorrelated to traditional markets, which is important. Finally, as we look ahead in 2022, there are a number of commentators there and they're predicting doom and gloom for 2022. As a wealth manager, we always concentrate on fundamentals. We don't support the doom and gloom. We're actually always optimistic. The one thing we can predict with confidence, and I'll state this from the outset, our returns in 2022, they will not match those of 2021. Um, but look, volatility is going to continue, provided interest rate rises are gradual. Economic growth is going to remain strong and above trend. It's going You will see all this supported by solid corporate earnings. You're going to see falling unemployment and overall fundamentals are going to be strong. The upward tr- price trend of risk assets, we think, therefore, will persist. The historically low level of interest rates will inevitably imply lower returns going forward, but interest rates at historical lows have also exacerbated total equity returns in the short term. Just remember, we often become anchored to the circumstances we're often in or how the latest market performance affects us. So when we're in boom times, we think it's gonna last forever, likewise a bust, everyone's very negative. Growth is not only strong when we look forward, but above trend, but whilst we foresee inflation, and be it at a manageable level. We're looking at an equity market that reaches beyond our shores. That's important. A composition that's not representative of our economy and a yield that will underpin this market in the medium term. That's the point of balance you need to take a look at. Some segments of equity markets do appear overvalued, but equities, nevertheless, have represent clear value over fixed income, especially on a yield perspective. And just remember in the 146 year history of the Australian Stock Exchange, the market's risen 80.1% of the time. So only in five years on average, the market declines. There's an often used quote, volatility is the price you pay for a seat at the table. Risk, should, risk therefore, should be um, rewarded medium term over defensive, but through a conservative lens as opposed to a high beta exposure. Investing successfully, never forget risk as a key component of strategy and the need for prudent risk management. Looking towards 2022, we're attempting to expose portfolios to risk exposure upside through equities and alternative assets, but we will always be looking to balance risk in portfolio construction. At Hamilton Wealth Partners we will always position client portfolios for a full market cycle and we're not going to ever be distracted by the short-term noise. Underlying asset valuations and credit quality are important to consider but asset allocation we think is the key and investors who are bold when markets are out of line with valuations, they're going to achieve the best results. Therefore, for us, the combination of manager selection combined with diversification through asset allocation, discipline and patience should ensure portfolio outperformance is continually delivered. All the best for 2020, sorry, all the best for 2022. Don't hesitate to contact me or any of us at the team at Hamilton Wealth Partners. I'm Will Hamilton. Good luck and we look forward to speaking to you during the year. Thank you.